we're going to gather around the Word of God. So if you've got a Bible with you, turn it to Hebrews um, chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, or maybe you've got your phone, and last time I said maybe you've got an iPhone that you want to turn to the Word of God, and then I got um, some complaints uh, later on that Androids also exist, um, but we refuse to acknowledge them. So if you have an iPhone or an Android, um, if you've got a Nokia 3210, I don't know what we can do to help you with that. There's one, there's one in every crowd, um, and uh, yeah, just use your normal Bible, and just use your 3210 to play Snake later on this afternoon. Um, um, but however, you're going to use the Word of God, and it will come up on the screen in a moment behind us as well. So we are continuing in these thoughts of running the race God has set for us. If you knew, you might be, what on earth is that all about? Um, but over the last few months, um, we've been talking about what it is to run the race God has set for us. And it's based on this verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So let's read this verse again this morning, and then we're going to see where God takes us today. So Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So let me bring you up to speed very quickly if you're new to us or maybe you've missed uh, the last couple of months. We've been in these verses and looking at different aspects of it. And we've been talking about what this race is. For this race is a race of faith, faith in God and his promises and the way uh, that he's called us um, to live. And we've looked at what the verse says, that there's some weights that can weigh us down in life. We've looked at a number of those. We've looked at the sin that so easily trips us up and entangles us, other translations um, speak of. We've talked about our response as we're running this race. There's different things that come at us in life. What's our response going to be to those things that we encounter in life, we've talked about the Holy Spirit as our coach in the race. And then a couple of weeks ago, I began to speak about endurance. Endurance. Now, the writer of Hebrews, as we've just read a moment ago, says, Let us run this race with endurance. And you may remember, if you were here, we asked ourselves this question Am I a fair weather follower of Jesus, or will I keep running in all seasons? And I talked about how I'm a very much a fair weather, short distance runner in real life and physical running. But I asked that question of us, are we actually fair weather followers of Jesus Christ? We'll follow him when the conditions are as we want them in life. Or will we run in all seasons of life? And if you remember, we looked at three specific seasons. We looked at mundane seasons, we looked at stormy seasons, and we looked at seasons of failure. And there's always all those messages are available for you to catch up uh, online, family.church forward slash listen, or you can download um, the Family Church app, probably not to your Nokia 3210, Chris, sorry, um, but we'll, we'll continue to work on that, and you can listen to all the messages that we've missed out on. Now, last week was, of course, Easter, and we spoke about how Jesus endured the cross and spoke about all um, the outcomes of that. But today, before we move on to another concept of running a race, I want to continue to look at this thought of endurance. And today I want to speak about patience, patience, because as we run this race of faith, we are going to need in life patience and endurance. Patience and endurance are things that really go hand in hand. Now, here's the good news for those who don't like patience. Patience is not something you have to strive for. Patience is not an exam that we have to sit and attempt to pass. But patience, the Bible says, is something that if we allow him to, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, can grow 
within us. What do I mean by that? In Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes about this thing called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And many of you would have read these verses many, many times before. But let's read it again this morning. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Now I want to read this from the Passion Translation of Life, how it puts it. It says this, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Many people in this world today are living a selfish life. They're living a self-life. And it goes on to talk about what those things are, things like sexual immorality, things like um, idolatry, hatred, and so on and so on. And we get to verse 22 and it says this, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is this, and it starts to list them. Divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdures. And then it says this, patience that endures. Patience that endures. So as we run this race of faith, if we're going to run this this race effectively, then we're going to need to know and experience and display what it is to live with patience that endures. Now, of course, I know that when we talk about a subject like patience, um, it's not one that we very much get excited about. It's not one that we lean into. So I'm going to encourage you to lean in as we speak uh, this morning, as I teach a little bit more than preach maybe this morning. Because you know what? We love to talk about the miracles of God and we get excited about the miracles of God. And we love to talk about the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy and word of knowledge and all these things. We love how God heals. We love all that stuff. But when you talk about patience, not so much. Not many people get excited about patience. Why? Because it's not something that we're really in search of, right? We're all in search of more joy. We're all in search of peace, that we can live in a place of peace. But patience, many of us aren't really looking for it in our everyday life. We live in a world of instant gratification, right? We don't want to be taught patience. We want instant coffee. We want instant food. We want, we are the drive-through generation. And so it's produced a society within us where we don't cope too well when patience is required. Right? I'm on, not on my own with that this morning, right? Uh, none of you wake up in the morning and think, when I ring the insurance company today, I hope that they play me eight minutes of repetitive classical music that apparently the piece is quite long, but they only choose to give me three bars of this music that's going to play over and over and over again. And just when I reach boiling point, somebody will come on and say, oh, thank you very much for waiting patiently, like they assume that you've just been sat there waiting patiently. Not many of us wake up in the morning and think, what should I do? Oh, do you know what? I hope that I stand in a queue in the post office today. That, that's all I've been looking to do, look forward to doing all week. I hope that I end up in a queue somewhere. I hope when I drive to work this morning, I end up in traffic. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to teach me something. So Lord, if you want me to be in traffic, that's not a prayer that we pray in the morning. Right, and I include myself in this very much so that we went to London. I drove to London twice this week for different reasons. I do not like traffic. Okay, God is working on me in that. But I'm that person who, when I'm in a lane and I see the lane moving close to me and it's actually moving, I'll go into that lane and as soon as this lane stops, I'll go into the next lane. So I'm actually the one causing probably the problems. But anyone else with me on that? Okay, two of you are honest. The rest of you are liars in the house of God this morning. I do not like patience, and we live in a generation that doesn't deal too well with patience. Now, we can smile about those things, but so often patience comes into a whole 
magnitude of different things in our life that affect us a whole lot more than traffic. So many people today are in financial difficulties because there was a generation that used to wait until they had the money to buy what they could afford. We now live in a generation where you can get absolutely anything on credit, and if you can pay that off, that's fine. But for many people, there's this credit generation where they just mount up and mount up and mount up so much debt, and then the, the debt companies will just try and get you and hook you in on more, and you end up in a place of desperation, sometimes because of a lack of this thing called patience. When it comes to relationships, often people sacrifice God's best for someone now because they are wanting to be in a relationship. Choices can be so driven that we don't make the best choice. We make the quickest and the easiest choice in our lives. We can't concentrate on the now because we're always on to the next thing. You see, patience speaks of delayed gratification, yet we live in a world of instant gratification and in times in God's race for us there will be times where we want the finishing line sooner rather than later in what we're waiting for and believing for so I I believe it's about waiting but I also want us to acknowledge another aspect of patience that Paul speaks about here today and that is this ability to endure now your translation of Galatians 5 may say patience Other people may say forbearance or long-suffering. The actual word that Paul uses is this Greek word, macrophumia. We're going to come back to that. Macrophumia. And it means this. Endurance, constancy, steadfastness, perseverance, long-suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs. And so we come to this big concept about patience that actually... As we run this race of faith, we need to understand patience is not just about waiting for something. Patience is about character formation. You see, when we display God's patience, when we display God's long-suffering as we run, it means that we, yes, become people who can wait, but it also means we become people who can endure. It means we become people who can keep going in whatever life throws at us. It means that we become people who know what it is to forgive when other people have wronged us. And if we're going to go through life successfully, then we're going to need patience. We're going to need to experience what it is to be long-suffering in the storms of life, in the trials of life, in the mundane moments, in the raising of families. And I think it's important we understand this because so often we boil patience down to just being about not having road rage or not punching that person who irritates you. And listen, it is that, but it's also a whole lot more that God wants to grow within you that you would know what it is to be long suffering so here's where we're going with this this morning I want to briefly look at three different areas of our lives where we need to run with patience and long suffering and endurance the type that only your Holy Spirit can produce within us now the first one is this we need to learn to be patient with God's timing we need to know what it is to be patient and long suffering with God's timing now chances are In this room this morning, all of us, in one degree or another, in one way or another, are waiting on God for something. I know that I am in my life. You are waiting on God for a situation to change. Some of you maybe are waiting for your breakthrough. But you were praying about in January, and everyone else seems to have got their breakthrough. Remember our 31 days of breakthrough prayer? And everyone's saying, yeah, this happened, and you're like, I'm still waiting for mine. Some of you are still waiting for your healing. Some of you are still waiting for your freedom. Some of you are still waiting for God to change that relationship and to to better that relationship. Some of you are waiting for a change in your finances. Some of you are waiting for that perfect opportunity or that perfect job 
to come along. And as the weeks and the months and the years go by, we can get impatient with God's timing. God, why am I still waiting? Why has everyone else got what they were waiting for? Why do I have to go through all of this? Now here's where we need to understand God's character and his nature. That God is never playing with you. God is never experimenting with your life. God is not a cruel God who's twisted, who's playing an experiment in your life. He is always growing you and forming character within you. Now don't mishear me in what I'm saying. Let me make it very clear as I have many times before. Sickness is not authored by God. It does not come from God. Sickness and other things like that do not bring God glory as other people may wrongly teach. Uh, If you read the Gospels, you see that to be very, very clear. But what my point is, is this, that whatever season we find ourselves in, God is always looking to grow us and God is always looking to shape us. Now, we don't like that because we want what we want and we want it now. In fact, we don't want it now. We want it yesterday or last week or whenever we feel God should have actually done it in our lives. But we need to understand that God's actually more interested in our journey than in the final destination. So we've shared before, we love arrivals, right? We love destinations. And God's into that too. But actually God's more interested in who you are becoming while you're on the journey to where you are headed. David said this in Psalm 37 verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently. Everybody say wait patiently. Wait patiently for him to act. Now how many of you would dare to, to be honest enough to say, I don't like the waiting. I don't like the journey. I want to be at that place of arrival. As I said, when it comes to traffic, I hate it. God is continuing to work on me. But there is one thing that is worse than being stuck in traffic. And you know it. It's being stuck in traffic with very young children who ask that infamous question, are we there yet? (laughs) No, we've literally left our road. We are not there yet. Two minutes. Are we there? Now, fortunately, our children have grown up a little bit more, so they don't ask that question. Also helps that we've stuck DVDs in the back, so they just watch those. And <laughs> Where are we? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be there in seconds. Yeah, yeah, just watch another DVD. But that question of are we there yet, that's how we can be with God. Are we there yet, God? Are we at that place where I finally receive what it is that you have promised to me? Are we there yet? Listen, patience produces character. Hebrews 6 verse 12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. The Passion Translation says, so don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm, but follow the example of those who fully received what God had promised because, listen to this, of their strong faith and patient endurance. See, as we run this race, this is what we need to realize about patience. The patience or waiting, waiting is not something we do until we get what we want. Waiting is a process that God uses to turn us into who he wants us to be. Did you catch that this morning? It's going to come up on the screen first, taking notes. Waiting is not just something that we do until we get what we want. Waiting is a process that God uses to turn us into who he wants us to to be. And as I said, you in the natural may not be patient, but God through his Holy Spirit can cause you to be somebody who's immensely patient, who is somebody who can patiently endure in all seasons of life. God wants you to understand that his timing is perfect. 
James chapter 5, verses 7 to 8. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains and the falling in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. So here James is talking to the church and he's talking about the second coming of Jesus. And he says, you've got to be patient as we wait because God is always on time. And he uses this analogy. He says, just like a farmer waits patiently for the harvest, so should we wait patiently for God's timing. A farmer doesn't sow the seed and then the next day he's out there gathering what he's sown. Otherwise all he have is more seeds. A farmer waits and watches until what the land has produced is ripe and he goes and he gathers it in. How many of you have eaten fruit before it's been ripened before? And you've got that, it's just not right. Like some of you, you, you eat a banana, it's all clagged. Actually, some of you actually like it when it's, it's not ripe yet. But most normal people, we eat it when it's ripened and it's not all claggy in that moment. You know when you've eaten fruit that's not yet ripened. James is saying, wait for God's timing don't push or force the issue because God is going to give you what you need when the timing is right so if you have a dream that God's given you don't give up on it at the right time it will come to pass if you're waiting on God's provision he will provide it he won't be late he will be right on time if you're believing God for change he will bring it to pass in your life but in the meantime he's producing something within you See, here's what I've come to learn, and what I know you've come to learn, that sometimes God won't give to us what we feel we need, or even what God desires for us, until our character catches up with where we need to be in order for him to release what he wants to release into our lives. Right? If I think about my children, I've got three beautiful daughters, I love them, that's not up for debate. My love for them is not the thing that's up for debate, but whether I release certain things to them is dependent upon where they're at in life. Right, Gracie, my 13-year-old, she's sensible, I love her to bits, but I'm not going to throw her the car keys tomorrow morning and say, do you know what, you drive yourself to school this morning, just take the car, it'll be fine. Why? Because her character, well, firstly it's illegal and you wouldn't expect your partner to do something illegal, but she isn't at the place where she's able to drive the car. My, my six-year-old, Jenna, my love for her isn't in question. Am I going to give her a carving knife, to, you know, electric carving knife? You, you do the roast, you cut up the beef this, this afternoon. No, because she's not at the plate. All we'll end up with is two fingers or three fingers less and a trip to accident. She's not at that place where she's able, but my love for her isn't in question. Some of you are doubting God's love for you because he hasn't yet given you what you've been praying for. His love for you is not in question, but sometimes he needs our character to be formed to come to a place where he will release that thing into our lives. Does that make sense this morning? Okay, let's move on. Another area that God wants to work on, not only the timing, but God wants us to be patient in the area of trials, when we're waiting in trials. Now, we touched upon this last time when we talked about the stormy seasons of our life. Let's just recap some of the verses we looked at. James 1, 2-4. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Other translations call it perseverance. Patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
Romans 5 verse 3 to 5. It says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance strengthen, uh, develops strength of character. There it is. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So God's Spirit in me, God's Spirit in you, can produce long-suffering that enables us to keep going in the hard times, what the Bible calls trials and difficult seasons in our life. Now, you may be in a trial right now. And as I said last time around, maybe you're at a point in your life where you say, I don't know if I can go on anymore in this area or that area of my life. I don't know which way to turn. For some of you, as I said last time, maybe actually in reality it's about your entire life. I don't know whether I can keep going in life. Some of you are actually questioning whether you want to do another week with the hardships that you are facing. And I want to say to you, the reality is in your own strength, maybe you can't. But God's Spirit in you can enable you to be long-suffering. Now, does that mean God put stuff on me to make me miserable? Absolutely not. Again, we need to know the nature and the character of God. God is good, and God does good. He wants us to be experiencing overcoming abundant life. But God will use the things that come into our life to produce character within you. Patience produces character. You know, when we look at patience and long-suffering, what Paul calls macrophumia, it enables us to see God... You see the bigger picture of what's going on in my life right now. All I see is what's there right before me. I've used this, this illustration before um, of a jigsaw puzzle. Now, here we have a box of a jigsaw puzzle, and you can see the overall picture of what the final thing is meant to look like. Now, again, whether you have patience to get to this point is another subject, but you can see this is what the end product is meant to look like. We need to understand that God sees the past, present, and the future of our lives. He is the God who was and is and is to come. Amen. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows all things. And so God sees the overall picture of your life. But here's the problem so often, all we're holding in this season is one single piece. And that's fine when this piece is abundance. That's fine when this piece is blessing. We don't really think too much about it. But when this piece of our life that we're holding is difficult, is unknown, it's full of fear. It's full of trials. We can hold this in our lives and think, God, where does this fit into the overall picture of my life? And when that doesn't make sense, what we're so often tempted to do is to throw away, in the natural, throw away a jigsaw in the spiritual and in life. So often we, we discount a season and think, if I can just get through this. But actually God is wanting to do something within us that one day we will understand that this piece that we are holding, this season that you are going through, has a place and a role to play in the overall finished product and the overall finished picture of who God wants you and is making you to be. It's up to you how you view this season that you're in in your life right now. What I've learned so often is that the peace you're holding in your life right now may not make sense in the moment, but it will later on. And also, you will find yourself in a place where God uses you to be a blessing into somebody else's life. That you're able to say, I've held that peace. 
I know what it's like, but let me give you some scriptures. Let me tell you how God worked in my life. Let me pray for you in this season that you will get through this too. And God will make it make sense in the overall picture of your life. We need to be patient in the trials of life. And finally, and we'll end with this. As we run this race of faith, the Holy Spirit wants to teach us to be patient and long-suffering with others. Now, this is a part some of you really won't like. Let me just give you a little disclaimer. But if you don't like traffic and you don't like those bits about waiting on God's time, and for some of you, if you've got difficult people in your life right now, don't look at them if they're sat next to you. This is a bit you're really going to struggle with in this moment because Romans chapter 2, verse 4, tells us something about God. Now, remember, this is the, the life of God is in us. This is who God is. This is his character. Romans 2 verse 4 speaks of God in this way. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? I mean, that's a great verse to look at each morning when we're maybe disgruntled with others. Don't you see how wonderfully patient, kind, and tolerant God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. God is patient with me. God is patient with you. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm so thankful for the times when I know I've messed up, God has been patient with me. God has been waiting patiently for me to repent. God has been waiting patiently for me to come home. God has been waiting patiently for me to come to a place of salvation. And that spirit of God is now in you. He enables us to be patient and long-suffering with the people around us. Ephesians 4 verse 2. It says always. Everybody say always. always. And I want you to remember that because this doesn't say, there's no condition in this. It doesn't say, if you've had a good night's sleep, then you can read the rest of this. It says always. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now when it says because of your love, that word love is agape. It's the God kind of love. It's the love that we've looked at. And often even when I say the God kind of love, we think that it's something God does. No, it's, it's who he is. This is who God is. And the Bible says when we live this way, we're displaying the very nature of God in the way that we're living. So again, this isn't about you trying to love people more. It isn't about you making yourself, I will love that person. It's about the Holy Spirit working in and through your life. It's about you surrendering your hurt and saying, God, I can't forgive this person, but you in me can. You can help me to be in a place of, of fellowship with this person. You can help me to overcome. I'm not going to keep going on about how I'm right and they're wrong. I'm going to surrender this to you, and you in me are going to enable me to be long-suffering with this per person. 1 Corinthians 13 says this about love. Love, agape love, the very nature of God, is patient it is not easily angered now remember what we said at the beginning that Paul used this word for long-suffering this Greek word macrophumia macrophumia the reason I'm sharing this with you is let's just break that word down for a moment because we'll see something macro at the beginning means big 
It means large. How many of you have been to the, the macro cash and carry store? You'll know what I'm talking about. But it's, it's, it's full of huge stuff. In fact, when our kids were really little, we can't get away with it now. But when they were like one or two, I would take them to macro. They'd want to come with me because they thought that this was like where giants bought their food and when giants bought their toilet roll and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, being a cheapskate, it was cheaper than Disney World or Legoland. You'd just take them to macro. doesn't quite work nowadays. But... In macro, everything is huge. Why? Because it's based on this word, large. So macro means large. Now, fumos is, is the root word of fumia. It's a root word which means temper. The macrofumia, which Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5, literally means this, long-tempered. In other words, the opposite of being short-tempered. The opposite of having a short fuse with other people. As we run this race, as you run day to day, living your life for God, this race of faith, you have a choice. If you're going to run without macrofumia, then you will be in broken relationship after broken relationship. You will be in a place where, where you're, you're just, you know, in this place of turmoil in your relationships. There'll be one third relationship after another. You'll be falling out with everybody else around you. But if you run this race with macrofumia, you'll be in a place where you can be long-tempered, where you can be long-suffering, where you can work alongside other people and say, let's come to a place where God is in the center of us and we can find resolution in whatever is going on. You will stay in good relationships. Listen, if you're running this race and all you see behind you is failed relationship and broken friendship and so on and so on, and you look down the path of the lap that you were running and every relationship and every friendship doesn't seem to have longevity to it, chances are the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you today that you can turn that around and live with macrofumia, live in a way that is long-tempered. Let's end with these verses. Final verse. 2 Peter 3, verses 8 to 9, says this. But do not forget this one dear thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some people understand slowness. Instead, God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to a place of repentance. Our God is patient with us. And that God is now within us. As we run this race, as we continue to look to make 2022 our best lap yet, it's not just a saying, but it's something we really want to experience in our lives. We need to know this, that God's spirit of patience and long-suffering is in you today. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, God's patience is in you today. And he wants to produce character within us. So that we'd be patient with his timings. So that we'd be long-suffering in the trials that we journey through. And so that we'd be long-tempered with those that we find difficult in life. Let's run this race with endurance. Let's run it with patience. Let's run it with long-suffering, the race that God has set before us to run. Let's pray just as we finish this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is living and active. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just add to what has been shared this morning, whether that's right now, whether it's in Revelation later on this afternoon or this coming week, Lord, that we would look at those three areas and we would see where our life is headed and we would ask some questions and ask you to help us, Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to be 
patient in your timing. But we want to trust you that you know what's good for us. Lord, if our character needs to catch up with where you need us to be, Lord, help us to work on that. Help us to come alongside other people who support us in that. Lord, we also want to say we trust you in the trials. We will be patient that you see the bigger picture and you, your hand is upon us, you are protecting us and you will see that it will always be for our good and for your glory. And Lord, where people are in a place of broken relationship, Lord, I pray that they would supernaturally begin to experience what it is to be long-tempered, what it is to rebuild relationships, what it is to have strong friendships with you at the very center of them. So Holy Spirit, however this word lands in our hearts, I pray that it wouldn't just be something we pack away, but I pray it'd be something that through conversations and connect groups, you just continue to speak into our lives this week and the weeks that are to come. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Listen, maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ or you don't know who this Jesus is that we talked about. Maybe you've come in this morning. Maybe it's your seventh time, but you've never made a decision. Or maybe you once knew who God was, but you wandered away from him. And today you say, I want to make my comeback. Then I want you to do something so very simple at the end of our service. I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you uh, to a place where we put a spotlight on you. But I want to uh, just encourage you at the very end, as we're having tea and coffee in just a moment, just to come forward. And we want to pray for you. We want to help you understand what that decision may be. And we want to give you some, um, some tools that are going to help you as you begin to outwork this decision. But maybe you say, I need Jesus in my life. I need to come back to God. Then our response to you is welcome home. And heaven's response to you is welcome home. And we want to help you on that journey. But Heavenly Father, I just speak blessing over each and every single life in this place. Be with us as we go and be with us in our actions, in our thoughts, in our words this coming week. And Lord, may we take this message and may it be at work in these next seven days until we meet again. In your precious name we pray. Amen.